If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 151 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on August 21st, 2022. You can probably already tell by the tone of my voice what my mood is today, but... (laughs) How about them Yankees, my friends? Do they suck or what? (laughs) I mean, what else is there really to say, guys, when you think about it? What else is there to say? Do they suck or what? I mean, we're now just about two months in to this. And you can't even call it a skid or a slump anymore like I've been calling it for weeks now. I don't call two straight months of under 500 ball a slump anymore. Two months? I mean, at some point, you just start to think that maybe that's what this team is at that point. Even with the understanding that, yes, we say it every freaking week, there are peaks and valleys, ebbs and flows, ups and downs, whatever expression you want to bring up in a 162-game baseball season. We all know this. At least those of us who have a clue know this. But guys, (laughs) what we've watched for basically two months now, I can comfortably say it's some of the worst Yankees baseball I have watched in my 15 years as a fan. Some of the worst, maybe the worst. Especially when you recall what this team was able to do from very near the beginning until, what, mid to late June? Especially when you factor that in, and then you look at this team right now. And we had about two and a half months of that. Gameplay from a team that drew comparisons, laughably at this point, to the 1998 114-win Yankees. This team that lost only 18 games through the first 70. And now, we've got this crap. I mean, a lot of you probably already know a lot of what I'm about to tell you, a lot of these things, but listen up real quick to just how dreadful this team continues to be as they just find ways to outdo their nightmarish gameplay with the passing of each day. First off, I'll start here from the back and work my way up to now, after sleepwalking through and losing... The third and final game to Boston in humiliating fashion last weekend, last Sunday when we spoke last, or I should say after we spoke last because I recorded before the game. Let's start there. When it comes to the road trip that wrapped up after that game last Sunday, that ended what was a 2-7 and road trip. 2-7! and And now... Heading into today's game here on the 21st, it's around 1 o'clock right now at the time I'm recording, you better brace for impact on these numbers now. 
They are 8-20 and 20 since the All-Star break. They are 3-14 and 14 since the trade deadline. 4-14 and 14 in August heading into today. They have been shut out five times this month. Three times in the last week. And according to Jared Carabas yesterday, he's a big Red Sox fan for those who don't know him. Big Red Sox fan who loves to troll the Yankees. And I personally think it's hilarious. I'm a good sport. And you could tell that he pretty much does it in a loving way most of the time at least. <laughs> but I'm a fan of his. But he also said yesterday that the Yankees are 21-30 and 30 since June 24th. And that the Blue Jays in that time have made up nine and a half games. Remember the good old days when other teams felt that they couldn't gain any ground on the Yankees no matter how much they won? Remember those days? I had fans of all different teams coming into my Twitter mentions, lovingly of course, not attacking me or anything, but saying, my God, I feel like no matter how many games my team wins, we just can't catch up to the Yankees. Feels like yesterday. Well, that's over. Oh, and I don't want to forget this either. I was keeping track of this last week's episode when I was saying they were going to lose their fourth series in a row if they lost that third and final game to Boston. Well, at this point now, a week later, after yesterday's loss, they have now lost six, six series in a row. There is no sugarcoating it, guys. You can't expect that from my content, regardless of the fact that I'm a diehard Yankee fan and about as passionate as they come. I'm a diehard Yankee fan who is truthful about the current states of the team as the weeks continue throughout the season, and even in the offseason, holding them accountable to the moves they make or don't make. And right now, on August 21st, going into today's game, before today's game starts the final game of the four-game set against the Blue Jays, After all the patience I've displayed for weeks now, with this losing continuing to show no signs of ending, regardless of which aspects of the team try to do well in any given little stretch, like the starting pitching was good for a week straight or so, very recently, a week or two ago, or, you know, how many aspects of the team try to look good in a single game, another aspect of the team will just fail them and fall apart anyway. Like I also said last week, we go into the games each day. Asking ourselves, which part of the team fails today? Which one's it going to be? Is the starter going to fall apart and take them out of the game before the team even gets a chance to really have many at-bats or any at all? Is the bullpen going to blow a tie or a lead? Is the offense going to look like a collection of corpses? Which is a huge theme lately. Is Aaron Hicks who hilariously aspired to be a 30-30 player back in spring training this season, going to twist around twice like a ballerina trying to track a fly ball to the warning track in dead center? There's no spin to it, guys. There's no spin. For two months now, two months, as much as it pains me to say it, this team sucks. They suck. And I am over it. I love Andrew Benintendi. I loved the pickup for him. Loved it. And he's played very nice defense. But at the plate especially, 
while he's had his good games here and there, and he started to find a swing on the road in Seattle and whatnot, he's had his good games here and there. Overall, though, he has not done nearly enough. Granted, he's still new, but he needs to do more at the plate. Needs to do more. Frankie Montas has stunk so far. His first and third starts especially, brutal. Particularly his third and most recent one Thursday against the Blue Jays. Just awful. I mean, even his second start against the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, his final line was pretty decent, sure. Not a bad start per se, but certainly not great either. May have only allowed two runs through five, but he's still gotten plenty of trouble through those five innings, except for the first, basically. Had a couple of walks, a hit by pitch, an error on the mound trying to catch the ball throughout, and against the last place Red Sox. So even that wasn't comfortable, necessarily. So he's stunk so far. Lou Trevino's actually been fine. I really like him in the pen. He's only had really one bad outing in my memory, but he's been fine out of the pen, I guess. And to be honest, he and Efros are looking like the best additions. And then you look at the offense. (laughs) And watching this offense is more of a dread than getting your hair plucked out one strand at a time. And you just factor it all together and times are just really rough right now. (laughs) They really, really are. And throughout it all, you'll naturally get your Yankee fans who gatekeep and police the fan base, like I mentioned last week, as if they have any right to tell people how they can feel, as they have a right to feel said feelings, saying to just get over it. They still have a seven-game lead in the East. Well, do you forget that the lead was once just about 16 games? Did you hear what I read before? How the Jays have more or less made up 10 games in the second half? Since mid to late June? Well, now the lead is at seven coming into today and could very well be six after today if they lose again. And there's still 40 games left. 40 after today's game with no signs of this losing ending. So do not tell people that they have no right to be negative. Or that they have no right to get passionate about this. Because this warrants passion. Passionate feelings. Concern. This is bad what we have watched. No matter how you want to spin it. It's brutal baseball. And it is ongoing for some time now. No matter how many times the guys say... We have to play better. We just got to play better. Even though they continue to do the precise opposite every single day. And no matter how many tables Boone slams on in the postgame presser, which he did after yesterday's loss, and I appreciate the emotion, Aaron. I truly do. Not being sarcastic about that. I appreciate that. It's by far, by far, the most frustration he has displayed to the media in his five years as Yankee manager. I'll take it. And on top of all the other things that we mentioned, all the other bad factors of the Yankees the last couple of months. He also factored in, by the way, which I appreciate the call-ups of Oswaldo Cabrera and Estevan Florial this past week. I should mention that. I mentioned Oswaldo as a possible candidate to be called up alongside Oswald Peraza a couple of weeks ago, and I'm glad that at least Cabrera came true because he's done a very nice job, especially defensively. So I appreciate those call-ups, but you also factor in certain guys that they still 
refuse to call up. I mean, today, just a little while ago, before I started taping, I've been bitching about this for weeks. And while Marinaccio is finally back as of this week, Albert Abreu was placed on the injured list with elbow inflammation. And I say it all the time and I'll say it again. I never wish injury on any player. Obviously, never, never, never. But performance-wise, you're not going to miss Abreu's arm out there as he just continues to be brutal almost every outing lately. And it's funny now how everybody's all of a sudden aboard the blast Abreu into the sun train after doing everything they can to convince me he was competent a couple of weeks back. I started the engine up to this train a while ago, people. Hop on whenever you want. But he goes in the IL today, and you'd think that this is a golden opportunity to be able to call Clark back up, right? Wrong! They call up Luke Bard. Probably because he's already on the 40-man roster, and they want to absolutely make sure they don't need Clark Schmidt as a starter. That's crap. You put the best players on the roster. And if he's needed as an emergency as a starter, then you build his arm back up progressively with all the time that's still left in the season. If he's not already done that in AAA. But needless to say, right now, this bullpen needs help. Because although they were doing terribly at the time, you're now down Clay Holmes and Albert Abreu. You are still down Michael King and will be for the rest of the year, by the way. That's the biggest stinger of them all. Castro's out, even though he was brutal too. Chad Green is out. You're still waiting on Britton, but how much stock could you put into him? He's out over a year coming off Tommy John surgery. Chapman started to unravel a bit again recently. So the bullpen needs help. They need Clark Schmidt, who has not only proven himself this year already, in many different facets of the team, he's worked as a starter and have people piggyback off him, or he's been the piggyback off of another starter, he's done an exceptional job out in the bullpen, even as a multi-inning reliever, and probably the closest thing, the best option to a Michael King replacement. And the bullpen needs help right now. And you call up Luke Bard? So my point to that tirade (laughs) is you factor in some of the boneheaded roster moves too. And how long it took to call somebody up, just somebody, before the Cabrera and Floreal call up. And a lot of people, including myself, are still also waiting on Oswald Peraza, by the way, just putting that out there too. (sighs) All the right buttons seemed to be getting pushed in the first half. Now, none seem to be getting pushed. I mean, the only buttons that I could think of that are getting pushed are ours, the fans. (laughs) When you think about it. (sighs) They're really bad, guys. This is a really bad team right now. It's really, really bad baseball we've watched. And this ain't no couple of weeks slump, like I said. For months now. It's bad baseball. As far as anything news, I, I basically mentioned it all already, especially roster moves. They called up Oswaldo Cabrera and Estevan Florial in the middle of the week, along with Ron Marinaccio, as I also said. And while doing that, they optioned Miguel Andujar, who just did a really bad job coming back up here, especially at the plate, I gotta be honest. Just showed less than no plate discipline, and it was just a brutal call-up this time around. Not good for Andujar, so 
Option him back down. Option LeCastro back down. Both of them to AAA. And they also sent Clay Holmes, as I said before, to the IL. Much needed. I mean, whether it be from overwork or it be a phantom IL stint, like some people say, or if he's actually hurt, I mean, they say it's his back. Regardless of what it may be, much needed because he needs to take a breather. He just couldn't throw strikes anymore. Couldn't. Couldn't throw strikes anymore, and he could not have a scoreless appearance if his life depended on it. If you factor out the Seattle scoreless appearance, I mean, other than that, for some time now, just brutal. Brutal. So, I hope he gets better as soon as possible. And when they get him back, that he is the old clay who was a top reliever in the sport at one point. And then today, as far as other roster moves, you had the Bard call up and Albert Abreu IL transfer. I mean, when I think about it, the only other thing really that there is to mention for today is that today is the day that we spoke about months ago when it was announced. August 21st for number 21. Don't forget, Paul O'Neill is getting his number retired today. It'll obviously have already happened by the time you're listening to this episode way later tonight or at some point throughout this coming week. But he's getting his number retired today. So like I said a while ago when we went really in-depth on this and all the discussion about it months and months and months and months ago when it was first announced that the Yankees would do this, as of today, all I have left to say is what I said all those months ago. Congratulations to the Warrior. And the ceremony is actually going on on my TV right now as I speak. I'm going to listen to the sound later. <laughs> I don't want to have the sound up and interfering with my audio as I record here. And hey, Paulie, maybe you can do us the honor of, I don't know, completely obliterating a water cooler to get something going here. <laughs> Just something. Because not even a walk-off Grand Slam and extras could do that. <laughs> uh, all seriousness. Congrats to Paul O'Neill. What an honor. I can't wait to actually hear a speech later instead of just watching him talk and not hear any audio because I'm recording my podcast. But all of the congratulations in the world to Paul O'Neill, his family. And he said it. I mean, this is basically the biggest dream that he could ever envision, having his number retired and realizing that no other Yankee's ever going to wear number 21 ever again. I mean, doesn't really get much better than that. I mean, it's incredible. It's the next best thing to being inducted into the Hall of Fame, I guess, even though Hall of Fame voting has been what it's been for some time now with certain guys. But regardless, this is also about as high of an honor as an honor can get. So congrats to Paul. I think he's deserving of it. Some people don't. That's fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But regardless, he's getting it. And all you could do is congratulate him because no matter how you want to spin that, he was a pretty awesome freaking Yankee. Pretty awesome. Do I have to recap this past week? <laughs> this is actually one of the shorter intros of the last bunch of weeks that I've had, but it's because there's really not much else to say. I mean, the Yankees are awful right now, man. And all you can mention is what they've done for some time now in that entire span that they have been so bad up until now. And just tell the truth about all of it and put it all out there, as I've done for weeks now. There's really not much else to say or do, <laughs> but my God, the weekly recap segment only becomes that much more dreadful in times of dreadful gameplay. And this, like I said, especially when you account for how great they were in the first half, I mean, God tier levels of greatness. 
when you realize that now they are playing just about some of the worst baseball we've seen, even accounting for last year, what we saw from the offense for the vast majority of last year, you're still saying that now. The fact that this is some of the worst baseball being played that we have seen in a long time makes the weekly recap very exhausting and makes you very unmotivated if you're in my shoes. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) So... I guess we'll recap this past week. It ought to be really quick because all games but one were losses and in lifeless and laughable fashion at that. So this should be pretty quick, guys. So let's hop in our beloved Yapping Yankees time machine and get this ever so joyful recap over with. (laughs) Let's go. Okay, so while that sound effect was playing, I actually took a pause from recording for about 10 minutes. I wanted to hear some of Paulie's speech, and it was really freaking awesome. And then at the end, they actually, like later on after the speech, they actually had him jokingly just take it to the water cooler after all. I asked them to do this, and they did it. (laughs) That's so great. Oh, my gosh. They gave him a gift of a water cooler with a bat through it, and he kicked it over. That was hysterical. (laughs) Come on, if the, if that speech and that fun little callback to the obliterating of the water cooler doesn't fire somebody up, oh my god, come on. But then, I, then again, I said that after the Grand Slam on Wednesday, too. And that didn't do crap. Just went right back to playing like crap. So that was pretty freaking funny. <laughs> I just have my, my eyes on the TV now, just looking at the recap of all of that. That was fantastic. <laughs> What a nice ceremony, honestly. From what I got to hear, I'm going to hear the rest of it later on, but what a nice ceremony from what I was able to hear so far. Can we please win for this man today? Win for Paulie. Come on, if nothing else, win for Paul O'Neill. Don't follow up a nice ceremony like that with another horrible loss. Win a freaking game. Also, a couple of things I can't believe I freaking forgot when I was doing the news when it comes to injuries. Uh, should mention these really quick, by the way, because they... They should be mentioned. <laughs> but Also, as of this weekend, Giancarlo Stanton, who all of you know I have been missing to death. <laughs> I miss Giancarlo so freaking much. He finally started up his rehab assignment this weekend. Yesterday was his first day. So we should see him back at some point this week. Giancarlo finally coming back. I can't freaking wait for that. And DJ also, I mentioned on last week's episode that he was having some toe issues on last week's show. And not really knowing if it was going to be a long-term thing or a short-term thing. It ended up being short-term. Just missed a few days. And he's been back in the lineup. So I guess that's pretty newsworthy as well. Because DJ's having himself a hell of a year. But he and everybody else even is slumping amidst this sinful bout of Yankees baseball. But, you know, guys like him and Judge, who's also slumping, by the way. Those guys are allowed it because they've had such great seasons. And obviously they're not going to be God-tier all throughout. We've got to slow down eventually. It's it's allowable if it's just a couple of weeks. You know, it happens. Not two months like the Yankees have been going through collectively. But obviously, if you're going to have any hopes of breaking out of any long-term... I mean, I, I just refuse to call it a slump at this point because it's gone on that long. But any extremely long-term bout of just crap gameplay, if you have any aspirations of trying to break out of said time period, then... Obviously, you need as many of your best players on the field as possible, so having DJ back, of course, is important. Regardless of whether or not he or others are slumping, you need as many of them back as possible, which is also why, even though I've been missing him for a while now, 
Getting Giancarlo back is so important because Giancarlo is a vital player on this team, whether you like him or not, and I happen to love the guy. So those are a couple of things news-wise that I forgot to mention about DJ and Stanton. I don't know why that slipped my mind, but at least I remembered it instead of going on the rest of the episode like a dope, not even mentioning it. So, all right, let's get this recap over with. Obviously, I already told you they ended up losing that game last Sunday. Uh, It was a complete, pathetic showing. Just sleptwalked through the game, like I said before. They just sleptwalked through it. Yankees only gave up three runs. Xander Bogarts in the bottom of the first on a ground out drove home Tommy Pham to make it one to nothing, and then in the bottom of the sixth, two-run homer by Rafael Devers. And that was all the Red Sox were able to do off Jameson Tyone, who actually pitched a pretty decent game. Seven innings, only allowed three runs, didn't walk anybody. Four strikeouts, did allow six hits, but he had a pretty good overall start. Pretty good. Gave up a two-run homer in the sixth to a great hitter, Endeavors, as he just continues to kill the Yankees. And a run came home on a ground out in the first inning. What are you going to do? Had a really good start. And what did the Yankee offense do? They got two freaking hits the whole day. Two hits. Pathetic. Lost three to nothing. Pathetic. And then they came home to face the Rays after that. And you're hoping that they get back on track with this at least. Come back home. Get in front of the fans. Try to finally try to turn something the hell around. That would not happen. They would actually follow up. Sunday's lack of effort, shouldn't say effort, lack of effort, with another shutout game. They would get shut out again, not scoring a single run. And Garrett Cole started the game, pitched himself a very nice game. Second consecutive really good start in a row after the Seattle start. Six innings, only one run allowed. Did walk two guys, gave up five hits, struck out six, but only one run. One run. But since he gave up that one run and the Yankee offense didn't do anything the whole night, well, the Yankee offense would basically be responsible for handing Garrett Cole an L. Took the loss. One run in six innings. Took a loss. Luizica pitched a scoreless inning in a third after that. He's been much better lately, too. Love to see that. Wandy Peralta came in, pitched an inning in a third. And he and Trevino combined gave up three more runs to make it four to nothing at the time towards the end of the game. In the ninth, and that was that. Yankees lost 4 nothing. So, again, all the shutouts in the last week. Three in the last week. Tuesday, tried to come back again. <laughs> nothing. Nesta Cortez may have given up a three-run shot in the first inning to Randy Rosarena, but you know what? That's all he did for the whole game. For the rest of the game after that, in that first inning, before that three-run shot, leading up to it, he gave up three hits. Well, two hits leading up to it, and then the three-run shot was a third hit. Yandy Diaz and Isak Paredes, who just continues to absolutely slit the throats of the Yankees. Hit, hit, to start the game. Harold Ramirez flies out after that, and then Randy Rosarena hits his three-run shot. Nestor would end up going seven innings after that, only allowing one more hit for a total of four on his final line. So four hits, three of them in that first inning. So a one-hit shutout for six innings basically after that first inning. So it was pretty good. I mean, three runs in the first inning sucks, especially when you're in the mentality the Yankees are right now. You put down three to nothing. It's a big hole. It feels like 30 to nothing. But ultimately, the final line, and considering all of that damage was done in the first inning, literally. Just one more hit given up for the rest of the start. Ultimately, not a bad start at all. 3 nothing. you're still in the game. I mean, if you're any other team than the Yankees, lately, you're still in the game. 
but not this team. That's all it took to completely deflate them. Because the only runs the Rays scored in the night was on that three-run shot. Because they'd go on to win 3-1. to one. The only run the Yankees were able to get on the board was on an error by Yandy Diaz, driving home Andrew Benintendi, who started the inning off of the triple in the fifth. And Andujar hit a ground ball. It was a throwing error by Yandy Diaz. So the only way they were able to score a legit run that night was on an error. And they lost 3-1 to one in another pathetic four-hit effort. Four hits only. That's it. So, at the time, when you look back, you said the last legit runs the Yankees actually scored on anybody other than IKF for the IKF game on Saturday night, if you remove that, because all three runs on Saturday night's Boston game were driven in by IKF. You take those away, the only legit Yankee runs scored by anyone other than IKF The last time that happened was on Aaron Judge's 46th home run in the third inning of last Friday's game. They went Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, four consecutive days, without anybody other than IKF scoring a run. A legitimate run, scoring a run on an error doesn't count to me. Especially when a team like the Yankees of late cannot afford to make any excuses. Because their losses have been inexcusable. The definition of it. That's bad. (laughs) That's like unheard of. Saturday, you scored three only because of IKF. Nobody else did a thing. Sunday, nothing. Monday, nothing. Tuesday, nothing on something other than an error. That's awful. I can't even think up a proper word to describe how brutal that is. So, again, just continued on and on and on. Now, Wednesday came around, and this was actually a pretty freaking wild game. Pretty crazy. The Yankees, this was the one that they won 8-7 to in 10, when it looked like for sure, especially after the top of the 10th where Chapman gave up a three-run double, bases-clearing double to Francisco Mejia. Really looked like it was over. And then something unbelievable happened in the bottom of the 10th that really anybody thought would have turned this team around because really would turn just about anybody around because of how incredible it was. But nope. (laughs) But anyways, this game was started by Domingo Herman, and on the Rays' side, it was Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber had himself a nice start. Six innings, only allowed two runs, struck out eight Yankees, only allowed four hits. And Domingo Herman, who has actually, for the most part, done pretty well for the Yankees so far as we know, could definitely be much worse than a lot of his other starts. Not to say that he's done well, not saying that, but it could have been worse than a lot of his other starts, trust me. <laughs> I mean, you guys have seen it for yourself, probably most of you, but this time, not too great. Four and two-thirds, five hits, three runs, one walk, and he did strike out six, but not the best of starts. And um, the Rays seem to just jump out to a pretty commanding lead at first, especially, again, considering how dreadful the Yankee offense has been. But the Yankees were able to claw their way back in. The Rays did get things started. Yandy Diaz, an RBI double in the top of the third, and another RBI double for Diaz in the top of the fifth to make it 3 to nothing. It's actually two-run double make it 3 nothing. Top of the sixth, Harold Ramirez with a solo shot made it 4 nothing. At this point, you're like, all right, this game's probably over. 
But then things started to happen in the bottom of the sixth. Glaber Torres, two-run homer. Aaron Judge is on base, drove him home. And in the next inning, in the bottom of the seventh, Aaron Judge, with the bases loaded, walked, so drove in another run, made it 4-3. to three. And then in the bottom of the eighth, Anthony Rizzo with a solo shot to tie the game at fours. 28th home run of the year. And that tied the game in the bottom of the eighth. So against all odds, because of the way they've been playing of late, the Yankees were actually able to make a comeback. Top of the 10th, Scott Efros still in the game from when he pitched the 9th. And he got Harold Ramirez out to start the inning with the ghost runner on second base, obviously. So it was one out. And the Yankees bring in Aroldis Chapman. And here's a part of what I said that he seems to be unraveling a bit of late again. Walks Paredes. Walks Taylor Walls. <laughs> so now the bases are loaded. Strikes out Jose Siri. So now at least there are two outs. And with an 0-2 count, throws the pitch I want him to throw, a fastball. But Mejia shoots it down the line, the right field line, opposite field, for a bases-clearing three-run double. 7-4 raise, another devastating gut punch for the Yankees. They're now about to get swept at this point. So... Not looking good. And of course, if you're Chapman there, what bit you in the ass the most are those two walks, especially a walk to Taylor Walls. I mean, you could maybe somewhat, I mean, not even really because of how much walks have been biting Yankee pitching for the better part of the last month and a half, like you've mentioned so much. We've mentioned that a crap ton here on the show, but you can somewhat justify the walk to Paredes maybe because he has been killing the Yankees, like I said, just butchering them. But you cannot, can not under any circumstances, justify a walk to Taylor Walls. That is just embarrassing. Embarrassing. So those bit him in the ass like they almost always do. Walks bite you in the ass most of the time. If you've watched baseball for a while like me, you know this. Especially if you walk bad hitters and give them a free base for no reason. So it was 7-4 after that whole mess. Fortunately, though, in the bottom of the 10th, in crazy fashion, with the ghost runner on second base being Aaron Judge, Glaber Torres got a hit to start things off. Anthony Rizzo walked. Josh Donaldson stepping up to the plate, who none of us have been able to stand anymore. That has been well established. Against all odds again. This game was actually beaten odds. Very rare occurrence of late for the Yankees. Beaten odds in a good way. Hits a grand freaking slam to right field to walk it off. Yankees win a baseball game, alert the media, and stop the presses by the score of 8-7. to seven. You would think that a hit like this, like I said before, would turn any team around. Would you not? Eh... Wrong again. Because they came right back out the next day after an extraordinary win like this one. Came right back out on Thursday, welcoming the Blue Jays into town with another disgraceful loss. Now, this game was the first one that I didn't really tune much into at all this season. There's always that game or two that... I just don't have the time or the patience on a given night, and it's really obvious that they're going to lose. And given how the last couple of months have gone and I might just have something better to do, I'll go and do it. 
whether it be for work or something else. I don't know, just something. And I did not watch much of this game. But it got off to an awful start very near the beginning. This was Frankie Montes' third start, third Yankee start, like I said before. That was absolutely brutal. And the vast majority of it being brutal was in the second inning. In that second inning. Santiago Espinal drove home a run on the fielder's choice, made it one to nothing. George Springer, who's had himself a very nice series here in the Bronx this weekend, RBI single, two to nothing, and then Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just busted the game open, made it five to nothing on a three-run shot. Travesty of an inning for Frankie Montes. Gave up a hit, a double, walked Whit Merrifield, just hits all over the place, and then the big three-run shot by Guerrero Jr., Horrible. And the only other run he gave up after that was in the fifth inning. It was on an RBI double by Alejandro Kirk. And the Yankees had tried to creep back in a little bit before that in the bottom of the third on an RBI single by DJ. And and Aaron Judge also got an RBI and a force out. Made it 5-2. to two, Scored two runs in the bottom of the third. But then it just got out of hand after that. When Frankie Montes gave up that RBI double to Alejandro Kirk, made it 6-2. to two. And then after that, going forward, Albert Abreu stunk up the joint again. Top of the seventh, Alejandro Kirk sacrifice fly. Teoscar Hernandez, two-run double. 9-2, to two, and that was the final score. So just a terrible start for Frankie Montes. Terrible. I was just asking myself at the beginning, I was like, is he for real right now, this guy? Is he really for real? So, horrible job by him. Yankee bats dead again, except for the bottom of the third. And just a whole lot of just blowing a lot of scoring opportunities again this past week and a lot of crucial moments just blowing opportunities. And what would they do on Friday? They'd come back out and get shut out again. Four-hit effort, disgraceful job done against Kevin Gossman. Kevin Gossman himself did a great job against the Yankees, though. I mean, his final line, seven innings, four hits, One walk, seven strikeouts, no runs, seven shutout. And on the Yankees side of things, you had Tyone start the game. Definitely got into his fair share of trouble throughout, but still only allowed three runs in five. Not, again, not a brutal start, but definitely not a great start either. Did give up six hits. Not great. Didn't walk anybody. Could have been worse. Definitely could have been better. But not insurmountable for any other team other than the Yankees, the way they've been hitting. But they could not even get a run-up on the board. I mean, just lifeless. Lifeless. They blew an opportunity right away in the first inning. Again, runners on first and second. Two outs, didn't score. Bottom of the second, Gossman struck out the side. Bottom of the third, one, two, three inning, down in order. Bottom of the fourth, one, two, three inning. Bottom of the fifth, Glaber actually led off the inning with a hit. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, double play. And then Oswaldo Cabrera got a hit. Higashioka flies out. Bottom of the sixth. Anthony Rizzo gets a hit with nobody on and two outs. Donaldson strikes out. So getting base runners here and there, but not doing anything. Bottom of the seventh, down in order. Bottom of the eighth, down in order. Bottom of the ninth. Judge actually reached on catcher's interference. Leads to nothing. Rizzo strikes out. Donaldson hits a line drive right at Bo Bichette. Benintendi flies out, game over. Pathetic. Pathetic. Another shutout. 
And then yesterday, well, that was the first time yesterday that Yankee pitching actually pitched with a lead in just about a week, give or take. Pitched with a lead. Something as simple as that. Because in the bottom of the second, they were actually able to jump out first on an Estevan Florial RBI single. Ah, but then after that, what happened after that? Well, they just came around and blew it yet again. Because yet again, Garrett Cole, what have we said about him? His last two consecutive starts may have been bangers. Great job. But in the games where he is not good, when his final line does not look great, what have we said? We have said that it always happens mainly in one inning. He has that one inning collapse where it just ruins his entire start. And that's basically what happened again here in the top of the fifth inning. And it usually tends to happen in the middle of the game too. In the first start against Seattle, it happened in the first inning right away. But in a lot of the starts where this one inning collapse happens, it usually happens right in the middle of the game. Four runs given up right away in the top of the fifth. Jackie Bradley Jr. of all people. Two-run double. Two to one. And Alejandro Kirk, two-run double himself. Could have been a three-run double. Bases clearing. If they didn't throw Vladimir Guerrero Jr. out at home. So it was four to one at that point. All wind taken out of the sails after the confidence was there. Even if it was only just one run. But the Yankees finally jumped out first in a game. Finally. And again, just... Couldn't be held. Couldn't capitalize. All of the blown scoring chances in this game again. Where they could have gotten a big hit to just blow the game wide open. And they didn't do it. Bottom of the first. They had runners on first and second. One out. Rizzo popped out. Glaber grounded out. Blown scoring opportunity. Bottom of the second. This is actually the inning where they actually came through. But Trevino started it off with a double. IKF reached on an error, and then Florial got his hit. But they were still, they could have added on there after that, but DJ struck out, Benintendi grounded out. Benintendi did a brutal job in the two-hole yesterday, just an awful job. Bottom of the third, Aaron Judge started the inning off with an infield single. What happens after that? Rizzo strikes out. Aaron Judge did steal second base, but Glaber struck out on that. And then Oswaldo Cabrera grounded out. Another blown opportunity with runners in scoring position. Or a runner in scoring position. Bottom of the fourth. IKF got a hit after Trevino flew out. Estevan Florial struck out, called out on strikes. DJ got a hit after that. IKF on third. DJ at first. Benintendi grounded out. Another blown chance. And after this was when Garrett Cole gave up his four runs in the top of the fifth. And I even said before that I tweeted it on Twitter if you want to go take a look. I said, I feel like all these blown chances are going to come back to bite the Yankees in the ass. Wow. It's almost like this team is extremely predictable or something. You can even go look on Twitter at the timestamp if you don't believe me having said that. I said it. It's going to come back to bite them. And it did. But the blown scoring chances didn't stop there. Bottom of the fifth, they went down in order. Bottom of the sixth, Trevino got a hit, but everybody else struck out. So you see what I'm talking about? All the blown chances or just nothing at all? Plenty of opportunities to add on. Finally jumped out in front first. 
Garrett Cole on the mound had another one-inning collapse. And that's the thing about him that continues to happen. Just one little thing takes place. One little thing. And the whole inning falls apart. He just completely loses concentration and just lets his emotions get to him. That much is obvious. He just can't, he is his own worst enemy, Garrett Cole, a vast majority of the time. Whenever he gets into trouble, it's him being his own worst enemy. He deviates from his game plan, gets overly emotional, and if everything isn't perfect, it all falls apart. I don't want to get too much on him because his two starts prior to that were freaking incredible. And you're not going to be good every time out, but we also spoke about weeks ago how those one-inning clunkers that just destroy the whole day and his start, they've happened a bit too often this year. Just a bit. (laughs) So, it is worth mentioning. Again, like we've mentioned so many times in the past throughout this season. So that destroyed it. Yankee offense only put up one more run in the bottom of the eighth on a Glaber Torres solo shot. Did nothing. Just made it 4-2. to two, Only for the Blue Jays to just get the run right back anyway in the top of the ninth on a Chapman solo shot. And they'd go on to win 5-2. to two. And now here we are in today's game. Game is already underway. Nestor pitched a scoreless first. So they're heading to the bottom of the first now at the time that I'm watching. And they could get swept today. And like I said, if they get swept today, the division lead now goes down to six games when again... They were at one point leading by as much as 15 and a half or 16 games. And now if they lose today, they'll only be up by six over Toronto. Awesome. Just great. And today they're facing Alec Manoa, who just carves them up on a regular basis. (laughs) Ah, God, so it's not looking good. The one saving grace is that Nestor's on the mound. That's really that. And he had himself a nice first inning. That's really it. (laughs) So I I just, I don't know. I don't know, guys. They're playing horrible with no sign of it ending again. I just have no idea when this is going to end. I I don't. I wish I could tell you, but nobody knows. Is this just what they are now? Is it just a matter of waiting for certain guys to come back from injury? Like getting Severino back in September? Getting Stanton back this coming week? DJ's already back in the lineup. Missing Carpenter. Missing King. Vital pieces like that, having Clark Schmidt waste away in AAA. It's a bunch of things. It's a bunch of things. So as far as what's ahead, obviously this game's not going to be wrapped up by the time I'm done recording here, so you guys will know the results of it by the time you're listening to it, but I guess I'll just report on it next week briefly. But they got the fourth and final game of the Blue Jays series today. Then the Mets come to town the next two days, and they're going to be facing Scherzer and DeGrom. <laughs> God, the Yankees, they, they couldn't hit a Little League pitch right now, and they're supposed to face Scherzer and DeGrom. I mean, listen, the one saving grace with Scherzer tomorrow, I guess, is that they barreled him up quite a bit at City Field, but that was when the Yankees were still somewhat respectable, I guess. And then DeGrom on Tuesday, I mean, does anything even need to be said there? So, tomorrow, Monday the 22nd, <laughs> 7.05 Eastern at Yankee Stadium, Yankees-Mets. If they want to surprise the hell out of me, they'll win at least one of these next two games. But tomorrow night, 7.05 Eastern at the stadium, 7.05 Eastern on Tuesday the 23rd as well. 
Well, tomorrow night's matchup is Scherzer against Herman. I should mention that. And then Tuesday is going to likely be DeGrom and then against Frankie Montas. I mean, we'll see what Montas has got. He's got to bounce the hell back. I mean, what the hell, man? Wednesday, the Yankees have off. Thursday, they go to the West Coast again. Another West Coast swing for the boys. Thursday, they start a four-game weekend set in Oakland against the A's. The first game on Thursday is at 9.40 p.m. Eastern. Friday's game is also at 9.40. Saturday will be at 9.07 next Saturday night. And next Sunday, when we speak again, that game will be at 4.07 Eastern. I'll probably record the episode while that game's going on. Probably. We'll, we'll see where I'm at next Sunday, the 28th. So, that's what's going on the next week for the Yankees. Got the Mets and the A's coming up, and hopefully they can somewhat at least take care of business against the A's, because the A's are very bad. Very bad. But right now it seems like the Yankees would get just thrashed by just about anybody. So, can't really use the fact that the A's are bad as an argument, because you just don't know nowadays. You just don't. This team is just caught up in the cycle of win one, lose five in a row, win another one, lose four more in a row, win one, lose another five in a row. That's just the kind of baseball they're playing right now. All right, anyway, well, what do you say we get ready to wrap this episode up neat and tightly with a bow? Let us end with the social media segment. We didn't have one last week, and I told you that we would have one for this week. I'm a man of my word, so I got one for you. But it's not a question. It's not a poll. It's not a Q&A. So if you haven't seen it already for yourself, you might be asking, Mike, what the hell could the social media segment be this week? Well, I'll tell you what it is. I figured that, well, other than what I have already said about the Yankees and how they've been doing, what else is there really to ask or say about them? Might as well just have like a vent session. Just to vent out your frustration. So that's what I did for the social media segment for this week. Sort of just like a vent session. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't need to vent. I already got everything out that I had to say and gave you all the stats and numbers and all the crap that you need to know about how awful the Yankees have been for the better part of the last two months. Now it's your turn. I want to hear from you guys about what you have to say about the Yankees gameplay. That's mainly what I wanted to hear. So we got a vent sesh for the social media segment for today over on Twitter. And I haven't read any of the replies beforehand, so I don't know what anybody said as of now. Sometimes I read them beforehand, sometimes I don't. It depends. But this time I haven't, so when I read them, it'll be my first time reading them. I'll just read a few. And then I gotta get going, because I got a busy-ass Sunday. Like I said last week, I hinted at it at the end of last week's episode. I said that this weekend's a crazy weekend for me. It has been, especially for today. Because I have somewhere to be in a little while at the time I'm taping right now. So I got to get this done. And then head over there. And I'm going to edit the episode after I get home and have it out to you late tonight. And you can listen to it whenever you want throughout the week, of course. So let us get to this. I basically just said the vent session. Go right ahead and let loose about the Yankees. And I'll read as many replies as I can. <laughs> as simply put as that. So. First reply here on Twitter, we've got at Dalton J. Elwood, and Dalton says, It's kind of nice all the extra time I have to watch TV and movies since I can't watch this abysmal team. That's <laughs> yeah, facts, though. It's really true. Because 
I started some new shows as well. I, I don't know how many of you know this. I've mentioned it here and there, but I'm into anime as, you know, one of the many things I'm into. And I was able to finish up Spy Family. I started Demon Slayer up. I love Demon Slayer so far. I'm only a few episodes in, though. So, yeah, that gives you the opportunity if you're just ever like, like I said before, the 9-2 to two loss against the Blue Jays the other day. It was so obvious that the Yankees were losing that game. So I was just like, so you know what? This is a, a freaking blowout, and it's obvious that this dead Yankee team is not coming back. So I'm just going to put something else on and go do something. I watched some Demon Slayer. I did some work. That's what you got to do. <laughs> you can't let it ruin your life. You can't. All right, next we've got at Laura underscore Iceman says, what a 180 this team has turned. It's quite astonishing. It's frustrating to see them play like this. I'm slightly concerned as we get to September, but I won't hit the panic button until we lose the division. Yeah, I mean, what a 180 indeed, Laura. I mean, what else is there to say? It's astonishing isn't even really enough to describe it. Like I said before, there really is no word in the English language or probably just in any language in the world to properly describe it. It's amazing. It really is. But, yeah, listen, they lose today. They'll only be six up. And they had a division lead of about ten games more at one point than what they would have if they lose today. And that's really alarming. And like I said, there's still 40 games left after today. So that's plenty of time to blow it. I'm not trying to be pessimistic here. I'm just given the reality of the situation. That's what's going on right now. If you want to accuse me of being irrationally pessimistic or whatever word you want to come up with, then go right ahead. I don't care. That's the way it is right now. It's not my fault you're in denial of reality. That's the way that it is right now. That's the situation they're in. And again, amidst a situation that shows no signs of being close to ending. Don't be mad at me over it. I'm just telling you where they're at right now. But yeah, I'm starting to sweat a little bit over the division. The fact that we're close to only being five games up considering where they were at one point, yeah. I'm starting to sweat a little bit. If they lose today and get swept at home, if there ever was such a yikes, my God. <laughs> at B2B Seth says, it won't help typing into the void, can say only saving grace is that they didn't suck this bad earlier in the season. You know, sometimes it just helps to get your frustrations out, dude. <laughs> and plus, I do have a show to do. So that's what I'm, basically asking people to do type into the void so I could interact with people <laughs> for my show but yeah I mean them playing as well as they did earlier on is basically the only thing that allows them to still be in the position that they're in now despite their horrible gameplay so yeah I guess that is the only saving grace at this point at NYY sports fan 96 says they're now 12 and 25 since they had a 15 and a half game lead on July 8th the offense is not doing their job pitching not doing their job they should be ashamed yeah like I said I gave all the numbers of what they are since this and since that I mean I said it all in the beginning you know the deal it's freaking brutal yeah 15 and a half in July 8th that's what I've been saying 15 and a half 16 that was a division lead at one point and there was a point like I said where every opposing team especially in the American League East was saying my god no matter how many games we win we can't even gain a game on these freaking guys those days are long gone my friends unfortunately Hopefully they come back somehow, but <sighs> at Deflex2123 says they don't hit. They make base running gaffes. They can't seem to get the big outs or clutch hits. 
Benintendi costed them big time today. Today meaning yesterday, because again, my social media segments are posted on Saturday. So just for context there. Turned it out into a double that plated two. Yeah, absolutely. These are all things that we mentioned for weeks on end now. Not hitting, base running mistakes, not being able to hold leads or take advantage of scoring opportunities. All things that we have spoken about ad nauseum. All of them. It's not good. And yeah, Ben Intendi, I mean, he, like I said, he's been playing nice defense. The speed is definitely there. He's really fast. And he's had his games here and there at the plate. But overall, since he's gotten here, granted he's new. Again, I will acknowledge that. And I love the guy. But you have to admit reality. And that's he just has not done enough overall. Just has not. At Rebirth Chaos 09 says, this team sucks. <laughs> that's what I've been saying. Still have time to turn it around, but this is the worst baseball from them I've seen. It's awful. We deserve better. That's been pretty freaking brutal, man. It has been. It pains me to say they suck, but the last two months, they've sucked. (laughs) I'm not saying that to be a hater or be overly pessimistic. I'm saying that because that's the truth. (laughs) Last two months, this team has stunk. What else are you going to say? At Yankee Ken says, I just saw Boone slam a table at his press conference and my mind went blank. <laughs> yeah, that's when you know things are bad, when Boone is actually showing emotion to the media. I mean, we don't truly know what goes on in the clubhouse. I have to imagine they're showing frustration there. I mean, even though it's not really made a change with much of anything. But to the media, that, that's when you know. <laughs> that is really when you know. But it was good to see some emotion. It's good. I like it. Next is at Laker 477, my friend Rob. And Rob says, what can you say? The total 180 that this team has taken is amazing, laughable, frustrating, infuriating, depressing. But I will not panic yet. It's 100% true, my man. 100% true. At Sean 99660764 says, a closed door players meeting is badly needed. Well, they've had those. I think they had one in Seattle. What did that do? I don't know what this team needs. It's it's incredible. They, they just can't get it done. They can't do anything. <laughs> Rebecca at Peace Now for Life says, I honestly have no words. I just cannot believe what happened to this offense and this team. They simply cannot produce anymore. It's so frustrating. Hicks needs to go. They need to look at themselves in the mirror and figure it out fast. Yeah. You keep losing, and before you know it, you'll have 20 games left, 10 games left, and you might actually be in trouble after the position you were in. And if they happen to blow this thing, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that would be probably the biggest regular season collapse in history. When you account for where they were at one point, I mean, how can you say otherwise? At the very least, it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest. That'd be a travesty of a lifetime. And yeah, Hicks, you're not going to get any disagreeing from me there. At Javien114 says, it's such a shame. It's not over yet, but they need to flip it around now. Yeah, no better time than the present. (laughs) Spencer at MusicianDMD says, on a previous Yapping Yankees episode, I commented on the significance of the injury of Michael King. Up to that point, the team had absorbed some other significant injuries, but King, in my opinion, was the one-too-many injury for the Yankees to sustain. They really haven't been the same since, and injuries to Stanton, Carpenter, Seve have compounded the problem. Pitchers are also more cautious facing Judge. 
I share the frustration of fellow Yankees fans. It's exasperating. They're not just losing. They're not scoring or doing anything. It's beyond bad. They're losing in epic fashion. That basically sums it all up, my man. Basically everything I've been saying for a while now. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, I mentioned the injury to Michael King before and the injuries to all the others. If you're, I said it before, if you're looking to turn anything around, the chances of doing it without some of your best players are significantly less, and those are some big names missing. You're absolutely right, Spencer. Completely agree. I literally just realized the Yankees are actually up one to nothing right now. Holy crap. <laughs> I didn't realize that. What happened? Hold on, let me check this out. Um, hmm. I gotta get this up right now. It was the bottom of the first. Just they got on the board right away. DJ hit a ground ball to left. Okay. Oh, Lord Escorial Jr. threw it away. Oh, Anthony Rizzo at the heads up base running. Okay. I'll take it. Listen, it's on another error, but whatever. I'll take them however I can get them. <laughs> Alright, so there. Yeah, it's the bottom of the second right now. I didn't even realize that they were up one to nothing. Holy crap. Yeah, especially against Manoa, like I said before. They're on the verge of getting swept. Just about one of the last pitchers you want to be facing. Not only because of how good he personally does against the Yankees all the time, but just in general, he's one of the best pitchers in the AL. Last person you want to be facing is Alec Manoa. That's the last person you want to be facing, especially if you're the Yankees, because again, because of the personal success that he has against them. Okay, they're up one to nothing right now. Nestor's doing well so far, so okay, listen. Another day of them jumping out in front first, but will they be able to hold it? And maybe even capitalize with some scoring chances? That's the true question now, isn't it? So we'll see if they can hold that. But on the vent session on Twitter, let's just read a few more and then we'll we'll wrap up for now. Let's see, I think we let off with Spencer. Yeah, so let's keep going. Up next we have at Andrew Caruso 77. He says, what the hell happened? This team has gone completely downhill. Injuries to key players and underperformances by others add to the mess. The walk-off the other day by Josh Donaldson was a bit of hope, but then things disappeared quickly. If they don't turn it around, Boone is getting canned. Well, yeah, I agree with most of that tweet, except for the part about Boone getting canned, because he's not. Listen, people have got to stop expecting Boone to be fired. Boone is not going anywhere. I don't really personally blame him. For much of what's going on here, I just think the players have to freaking do their jobs. Obviously, there are calls here and there, decisions made here and there that I don't agree with, of course. But um, as far as people's hopes for Boone getting fired, it's not happening, guys. They just had a pretty bad season last year, especially based off expectations and what was expected of them. And how brutally the offense performed and how many underperformances there were. The brutal and humiliating end to 2021, getting eliminated in the wild card game in Boston. And how did the Yankees follow that up? They actually gave him an extension. <laughs> so you really think that he's going to get fired? I'm sorry, I don't think so. And if they do, then I think it's going to be the front office using him as a scapegoat. But I don't even think we have to think about that. I don't think Boone's going anywhere. So I would get that out of your head right now if I were you. Stop wasting your thoughts on that because it's not worth it. As far as what's happened leading to them playing like this, yeah, it's agreeable. They have injuries. Other people are just not... They're just not doing their jobs. They're not. And the Donaldson walk-off Grand Slam the other day? Yeah, I said if that doesn't turn them around, I don't know what will. And it didn't turn them around. And maybe today. 
Maybe today. The nice Paul O'Neill ceremony. Turn it around. Don't lose on Paul O'Neill's day. Maybe something big happens later in the game. Riles them up a bit. Gets them going. And then can have them win a game today. And then maybe not have to lose five more in a row before getting to another win. (laughs) That's what you hope for, right? Whoa, record scratch. (laughs) This is future Mike popping in again, by the way. I've done this a couple of times on past Yapping Yankees episodes where future Mike, who's editing the episode later in the night, after everything's done with, pops in to just discuss something that I discussed hours ago when I was actually recording to follow up on it, on a statement that I made. And I just thought I'd pop in now because they did end up winning today, of course, as we know. And... I also thought it convenient to mention that since earlier on when I was taping, I was also saying that despite how much I love Benintendi as a player and acknowledging that he has played good defense, his speed's been good, but he could be doing more at the plate, what does he do today in a big spot? Hits a go-ahead two-run homer that would ultimately win the game for them. (laughs) Gotta love it. Talk about asking, you shall receive. So I thought that it would be cool for future Mike to pop in, grab the microphone again, and just... After this last statement that I heard myself say while I'm editing the show about hopefully something happening, riling them up, talking about the Paul O'Neill ceremony, and then giving him an awesome water cooler with a bat through it for a gift, and then him kicking it over, seeing how great of a day it was for him, and seeing the legends there, and just seeing everything. All of it put together would help get these guys going. Also, all the stuff that happened on the field between Manoa and Judge, riling up the team, Garrett Cole getting fired up from the dugout, and then... Benintendi, after I said he's got to be doing more at the plate, overall, hits a big two-run homer, first home run as a Yankee, and they end up winning the game. Like I said, though, when I was recording, hopefully this leads to something, and maybe they could actually win a couple of games in a row, get, you know, two of three, two of the next three, or maybe win four out of the next six, something, just get something going. So I just wanted to pop in while I was editing to say that I'm glad that a lot of the things I was saying or hoping for came true for today at least (laughs) all right enough out of me i'm gonna keep editing the rest of the episode and as far as you're concerned let me throw back to my past self from hours ago when i was actually taping during the game and completing the rest of your comments from twitter so sit back relax and enjoy the rest of the episode next we've got tyler at kane gang 96 and they say I can't say I knew because I'm no psychic, but seeing how hot we started the first half, I expected a slump in the second half, but not this bad. This offense is pitiful when the pitching is actually doing its job year-round. We all have our reasons to be angry. Yeah, we definitely do have our reasons to be angry. (laughs) Who the hell wants to watch baseball like this? And the way it's been for the better part of the last month and a half or two. Who the hell wants to watch that? But yeah, everybody I think expected a regressing to the mean. I I think we all expected that, but this is, this is, I think I said it about a week or two ago, this is not regression, this is just crashing down to earth, crashing, not coming down to earth, crashing. And the pitching, don't get me wrong, like I said a few weeks ago, it started to change in the last couple of weeks when the offense, for the most part, started to just collapse. But before that, a vast majority of the losses were on the pitching. So pitching hasn't necessarily done its job year-round. It definitely, it's definitely done its job for most of the year, if I had to say. But 
There was a stretch there for a long time, like I said, that even they were starting to blow it, and the offense was doing everything they could to stay in it or prevent whatever lead or tie that they blew from it actually resulting in a loss. I mean, they did their best, and then now in the last couple of weeks, the offense has just died. Died. Like I said, it kind of depends on the day. Like, which aspect of the team is going to fail? Because even the pitching still has its bad days here and there. So it's like, is the pitching going to fail today? Is the offense going to fail today? Are both going to fail today? Is there going to be a boneheaded defensive play? Is there going to be a base running mistake? Is somebody else going to get hurt? It's just like, what's going to happen today? You just ask yourself that. And it's really annoying. At Pat 7 says, I think I've whined enough. 60-game slump and head-scratching decisions will do that. I say they just move forward and play some baseball. Just play. Amen to that. If it was only that easy. I mean, if you listen to them, they just say, oh, we got to move along, you know, got to move on. We believe in each other, and we just got to play better. And they come out the next day, most of the time, looking even worse than the day prior. So, it stinks. It really does. Next is at Sports D two forty seven thirty three seven seventy two saying, the team just lacks heart, like they're going through motions. If they stay this way, they have no shot in October. Yeah, and a lot of people have rightfully started to discuss October because well, it's less than a month and a half away. I mean, it's you know we're gonna blink and we'll be there. Like I said, after today's game, there's only forty games left. That goes by in a flash, guys. All one sixty two goes by in a flash. Forty is gonna be. You're going to take a breath and it's going to be here. So, I mean, a big part of me has just been hoping and praying that even though this has been an insufferable stretch, no doubt about it, that this is just them getting it out of their system and then they hit a hot streak at some point and ride it all the way through to the end. That's that's what I'm praying to God for every night before I go to bed. <laughs> but... I mean, who knows? If this carries on for too much longer and they look like this heading into the playoffs, though, I mean, I wouldn't blame anybody if they just say we're probably just going to see a repeat of what we've seen for the past bunch of years, just getting knocked out, whether it be in the DS, the CS, just coming up short again. I cannot blame people if they start to feel that way, if it seems like they're probably headed down that path again. I can't can't blame them. We're going to have to see how the next bunch of weeks go the home stretch here so all right let's finish off the final two the usual final two first up my girlfriend at Vic Salimo she says I am not watching any games until they win at least three to five in a row and show that they can play like the New York effing Yankees (laughs) I don't blame you like I said before you can't let it just ruin your life you know we have other things to do we have jobs we have I don't know other things to watch start catch up on the whole deal. So you want to take a little bit of a break from them? Take a break. It's fine. I don't blame anybody for doing that. It's a long season. You don't have to watch every freaking game like me. I'm a psychopath. I mean, yeah, like every other person out there, I'll inevitably miss a game or two each year. You know, we have lives. Things happen. But if you want to take a little bit of a break until they prove they can go on a little bit of a winning streak, even if it's just like three games, I don't blame you because this is really frustrating baseball to watch. And I know a lot of people feel the same way. Like I said, I kind of did that for the first time on Thursday this year. It's almost September, and that was the first time I did it. I just, you know, had other things to do. I was like, whatever, I'll go just go do something else. Maybe check in later. <laughs> All righty. 
Let's finish off the usual one. My mom, Julie Gina Scudero, and she says, What a nightmare. Where has our team gone and who are these players? <laughs> On a positive note, I am, however, thrilled to see Aaron Boone showing some frustration towards the media and, I imagine, therefore, the team, instead of making his casual statements that the team just has to play better. Of course they have to play better. Thank you, Boone, for getting angry at your presser. It's only normal to be frustrated at the gameplay that we've seen. Please, God, take us out of this nightmare and give us our team back. (laughs) Yeah, amen to that. I think everybody can get on board with that. And yeah, listen, I imagine a lot, some different things probably happen in the clubhouse than happen in front of the media. But like I did say before, yeah, it's good to see some frustration there. And that's definitely the most frustrated we've seen him in all of his five years as Yankee manager by far in front of the media. No doubt about that. That's definitely the most frustrating. But yeah, I mean, where has our team gone and who are these players now? Yeah, I mean, who have they become? I mean, some of them have earned the right to have a little bit of a slowdown period, like DJ or Judge, if they're to slow down, and Judge has slowed down lately, but he hasn't hit a home run in a little while. But if they're to slow down, you look at what they've done over the scope of the entire season, and you say, well, listen, that happens to people, you know? Every baseball player who has ever lived goes through that. It's just part of the game, and because of the season they've had, they've earned the right to have a little bit of a slowdown for a couple of weeks. It happens. Other guys have got to pick them up. Guys who have vastly underperformed, whether it be just recent underperforming or maybe over over just the span of the entire season. Guys like Josh Donaldson, you know? So yeah, listen, you're absolutely right. All of you are absolutely right. The consensus amongst everybody, and understandably so, is a hell of a lot of anger and frustration and confusion and wishing that it would just end already. And my God, do I wish it would end. I got to tell you, though, to wrap things up, though, before we officially end here, I'm very afraid in the next two days against Scherzer, and I believe it's supposed to be DeGrom on Tuesday. Probably not going to be a fun next two days against the Mets. Hopefully some miracle happens and I get surprised. And I hope that they manage to wrap this game up today, too, with a win. I hope so. They're up one to nothing right now, so we'll see. But they were up one to nothing yesterday, too, and you saw how that turned out. So we'll see what happens. As far as after that, you got the A's and then the Angels, and then they're going, they're at least headed back to the East Coast after that, but they're going back to the Trop to face the Rays after that, I believe. So another long road trip, a chunk of that being another West Coast swing, which never helps because the Yankees and the West Coast do not mesh well together when they go to the West Coast. And it's another long ass road trip. That lasts until they come back home on Monday, September 5th. I believe it's against the Twins, I think, on Labor Day. Yeah. So, they gotta figure it the hell out, dude. There's nothing else to say. We've been saying the same thing every week for weeks now. How long are you gonna let this go on for? How long? Until the division's gone? I I mean, it's crazy. Lost the best record in baseball already. You lost the best record in the AL. And if the Blue Jays come back in this game and win later on, you're only going to be six up in the division from being up 16 a couple of months ago. It's absolutely crazy when you think about it. If they win today, then they'll be up by eight with 40 more games to go. You're feeling pretty okay. 
I mean, I don't know how pretty okay you are because of the way they're still playing, but you get the point. Being up eight is better than being up six. <laughs> so when are you going to turn it around, man? This, is, this has been going on long enough, if you ask me. September's only a couple of weeks away, not even. And that's the last full month of the regular season. So it's just a matter of when is enough enough? I mean, when is enough enough with these guys? Seriously. Because all they do is lose. That's all they've been doing. And I'm so over it at this point. It's almost the home stretch, man. Turn it around. Figure it out. Tired of saying that three-word expression, figure it out. It's become so overplayed the last few weeks, but it's just what it comes down to. Play baseball. Perform. And win some damn games. In a row. Or at least in a time period. Win four of six. Win five of seven. Win ten out of thirteen. Winning one, then losing five. Winning one, then losing four. It's not going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. Put a streak together and figure it out. With that being said, my friends, that is just about all there is to say here on episode 151. I mean, I think it's safe to say we hit on all talking points, right? (laughs) Remember to follow me on all socials if you do not already, my friends. Facebook fan page, Mike Scudero NY. Twitter is at Mike Scudero. Instagram, Mike Scuds. 97. Be sure to subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms it's available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Show your love on all of those. And if you've missed any of the past Yapping Yankees episodes and you'd like to listen to them, episodes 34 all the way up to episode 151 today are available on YouTube. And every single episode going all the way back to episode 1 all the way up to today's are available on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Once again, thank you 3,000 for listening to me yap today. As always, my friends... I am your host, Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, August 28th, the last episode in the month of August, when I come at you with episode 152 of Yapping Yankees. But until then, hang in there, be patient, stay safe, look out for your loved ones, and Yankees, as far as you're concerned, and there is plenty of concern to go around... (laughs) Just win. (laughs) What else is there to say at this point? Just win. That's it. Enjoy your week, my friends. And I'll talk to you next Sunday. God help us. (laughs) Take care, guys.